0: Wendell Vaughn, the first Earthman ever appointed protector of the universe. Bonded to the energy-transforming quantum bands that are both weapons and symbols of his station, he fights an ongoing battle to defend all life in the universe from cosmic evil. Stanley presents... Quasar! Greetings and welcome to the Quantum Cast, your source for all things Quasar. I am, as always, Gene Hendricks. I'm joined by my very good friend, Mr. Adam Wirth. How are you, Adam?
1: Ahoy uh, hoy.
0: So, you've been busy, haven't you?
1: Yes. Uh, very, very busy, aside from my work and personal life. Uh, new shows, new gooder, much fun, uh, but I'm always happy to be here with you talking about Quasar, our favorite D-list superhero.
0: Yes. The
1: Kevin Bacon of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> And you know who
0: else likes talking about Quasar?
1: Uh, that guy? That guy. Okay. We we have another email from that guy, and he knows who he is. <laughs> right, and I wonder why that guy hasn't written into the Bad Advice Show, because I think that it feels like he has an opinion on everything.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I, can, I can see him writing into
1: that. Right, he has an opinion on everything, and why he wouldn't be talking to us on the Bad Advice Show is beyond me, but... You know, maybe it's one of those things where beware of what you wish for.
0: <laughs> well, you don't think you're going to run out of questions? Just ask that guy for some.
1: Hey, by the way, before before we go into his question, yes. we're going to do a another bad advice show next weekend. Do you think you'd be free to come out for that? Oh, I'd love to do that. All right, excellent. I'll, I'll get a couple extra beers for you. That'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, that guy writes, uh, Quasar versus the Omnivore our favorite villain of the week. From last time. From last time. Right. And he writes, Hey guys, me again. Because even he knows he doesn't need to identify himself. <laughs> right. Love the show as always. Uh-huh. And frankly, Omnivore is likely less of a pain than the time Project Pegasus had to deal with a zombie version of the Squadron Supreme.
1: I don't recall that.
0: You well, know, he says, Yes, that actually happened.
1: <laughs> it walked right in. <laughs> fucking walked right in. So Keep going.
0: Also, the story that resurrected Jack of Hearts. I don't remember that either.
1: I don't remember. I mean, Jack of Hearts has died almost as many times as Quasar, but he's never had his own book, to my knowledge. But do you know why they keep killing him? Because he sucks? Uh, That no
0: one wants to draw the damn costume.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) He goes on. Find it really weird, Warlock showed up in the issue. Oh, we thought it weird, too. Yeah, didn't we go
1: over why he showed up? Yeah. All right, it seems like a moot point, but okay, go ahead. He never struck me as a major
0: X character. Then again, I got into comics in 1993, so he was kind of dead at the time and came back as Douglock and very different. And by that time, he had become the, like the classic Warlock. I honestly didn't care either way about the character. And really, I don't either. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I mean, it was, I remember reading New Mutants and yeah. loving the book And I remember when Doug came back, uh, there was a very interesting... (sighs) Okay, so, uh, in the Phalanx saga uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm. this would have been in the late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, Ultron takes over the Phalanx. Now, the Phalanx, if you don't recall, are... uh, Rom the Space Knight is a member of the race... The phalanx, right? Techno-organic virus, right? Ultron using the techno-organic virus takes over uh, the phalanx, mind controls them, and then uses an already uh, uses them to infiltrate the already devastated Kree Empire and make things go from bad to worse after the Anni- the Annihilus wave comes through. Um, by the way, Guardians of the Galaxy was a great movie. The source material from the 2000s is some of the finest comics I've ever read because every storyline you think, okay, well, where are they going to go now? And it just keeps on getting better. It's like, it's, hmm. it's you just think it's going to jump the shark and then it's going to, they're going to run out of ideas, but just, it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. <laughs> um, anyway, so during that period, and I'm bringing it all home for you, um, I believe, if I remember this correctly, one of the ways they defeated the Phalanx, uh, or at least freed them from Ultron's techno organic mind control, was they found another surviving member of Warlock's race. Okay. Who was as powerful as Warlock had become, because Warlock continued to evolve. And then uh, what they did was they got that member of the race to, you know, super Saiyan up. (laughs) <laughs> or uh, for Pokemon users, you know, get to his next form, uh, which is as I believe the Magnus was it. So now he's, at, you know, Godzilla high, which we all know is uh, what we figure 10 quasars high. No, as, it's like 30 quasars, 30 quasars, high, quasars high. high from the last time. And then sicked that godlike powered uber warlock character uh, on Ultron and that helped turn the tide of that battle. Wow, I butchered it. I, I mean, it's been ten years since I read it, but go back. You know, it, hopefully, it's on uh, the Marvel U. Uh, well, considering
0: that Guardians was such a big hit, I'm mm. sure they flooded the the Marvel Unlimited with with that. I know they they were, at the time they whenever a movie comes out, like with Ant Man, right? You see, when you open Marvel Unlimited. A banner across the top. Oh, well, read the adventures of this character. Not
1: Bruce Banner, splayed out, you know, like in Playboy?
0: That's if you have the extra subscription.
1: Oh, yeah. Ex- I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> well, Michelle has that. <laughs> Fair enough. Did we go off topic? Don't we always? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the point of the show. <laughs>
0: Well, why don't we give uh, the listeners a little chance to uh, catch their breath after that. Sure.
1: Well, did we ever finish that guy's email? Uh, Yeah.
0: He just wraps up with, anyway, looking forward to the show and where it goes from here. So he just
1: wanted to tell us that he didn't like Warlock and that was it. Have a nice day. Are you complaining? No, no, no. This is the shortest email we've (laughs) ever gotten from him. And listeners, please send us an email so we don't have to read his. Quantum.bands at
0: Yahoo.com.
1: And was that your uh, subtle way of saying you want to take a break and then jump into the comic? I think
0: that would be a good idea. We gotta, you know, let these people reset their brains after that. Right,
1: after they continue to skip 15 seconds forward.
0: (laughs) Alright, see
2: you on the other side, everyone. This is an imaginary podcast, which may never have happened. The Short Box Showcase. But then again may have. About a father and daughter. I'm Professor Allen. And I'm Emily. Who came from Ohio. And talked about comics: Walking Dead, Tintin, Black Lightning, White Tiger. It tells of their rise to glory, when the great guests were yet to be booked.
0: Let's put it this way: Shogun Warriors wasn't going to win any Eisners,
2: and the great feats of editing not yet performed. This is Ultra Seven. This is Ultraman Jack. And this is Ultraman Taro. And this is Ultraman Leo. And this of how they spoke at length. This continuity is really the brainchild of nitpicking nerds the world over. But to be fair, the best kind of confession is the Force Confession. And reviewed in brief tales that explore creatively the bounds of a given character's history. Red Sun is wonderful with a very strange ending. Of brilliant creators before their fall from grace. This is the era where Miller is at the height of his creative and artistic powers. And the ability of strong writing to encapsulate and transcend its time. Flash of Two Earths by Gardner Fox. This is an imaginary podcast, aren't they all? Shortbox Showcase is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Check us out on the web at RelativelyGeekyPodcast.blogspot.com, or search on iTunes for Relatively Geeky or Shortbox Showcase. And remember, we're not experts; we're just family.
1: Hi, friends. It's your old pal, Adam Worth. You may remember me from podcasts like Comic Book Fight Club, The Quantum Cast, and the thousands of other shows I somehow get roped into making guest appearances on. The podcasting world has been very good to me, and I feel it's about time that I give back. So coming this spring, I'll be helping to make the world a better place with my new show, The Bad Advice Show. Join me and a few <clears throat> choice panelists as we answer your questions on life, love, relationships, history, life hacks, and politics. Really, whatever topics you feel you would like to get my valued opinion on. So hop on the advice train as we make the world a better place, coming this spring, to an internet streaming device near you. To have your questions answered on The Bad Advice Show, Send us an email at show at yahoo.com. That's show at yahoo.com. And remember, kids, if you want to remain anonymous, don't tell me your name. And we are back, and we are looking at Quasar,
0: issue number nine. Mm-hmm. This was cover dated April of 1990, on sale date February 13th, 1990. Thank you to Mike's Amazing World of Comics for that information. Our story, as always, is by Mark Gruenwald. Penciler is Mike Manley. Inker is Danny Bullinotti. Letters, Janice Chiang. Colors, Paul Beckton. Editor, Howard Mackey. And editor-in-chief, the cigar-chomping, Tom DeFalco. On the cover, we have Quasar being throttled by Hillary Clinton.
1: Sorry. Ah! Ah! <laughs> right. Okay. So on the cover, it is Quasar being choked Uh, Homer Simpson, Bart Simpson style by what looks to be uh, MODOK. But it's not MODOK because in the little purple box here it says in the clutches of MODAM, the Mind Marauder. Now,
0: was MODOK not creepy enough they had to create a female version of him?
1: So you're saying you're not turned on by MODAM? Not even with the (laughs) extendable limbs. (laughs) Right. Yes. So, um uh what do you remember what the ad an, the ac, anachronism, ac am acronym anachronism what I? acronym acronym god yes. that's I mean, actually that's in here Mod- I really am like somebody's grandfather I can't, I can't I remember like little little bits and pieces of things, uh-huh. but not the entire story yeah modem stands
0: for mobile organism designed for aggressive maneuvers right. That's that's called going too far for the acronym,
1: right? And Modoc was uh, designed only for killing, or yes. something like that, right? Yeah, and they dropped the
0: F for four in there, regardless of what it is. Ah, eh, who needs a four? Obviously, the building quasar runs in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was, little, uh, that was that was that's bad. Yeah, that's uh-huh. bad. You want to move on? Yeah, let's, let's move on. Okay. So,
0: yes, as you said, it's. He's in the clutches of Modam the Mind Marauder, which makes him Red Hot Rider.
1: (laughs) All right, I get the reference. Uh, It's unlikely that a lot of people will, so please clarify.
0: Okay, those of you who grew up around the same time we did had Looney Tunes on every Saturday morning, sometimes on multiple networks. Right. Well, one of the Looney Tunes was Bugs Bunny... As the Masked Marauder. And he was stealing the carrots from their victory gardens. <laughs> so who do they get to get, get him? Red Hot Rider. And it's Rider with a Y. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I will put a link to the video on YouTube in the show notes for everyone. That's funny. I know it's not related to that comic, but or that cartoon, but... All I can think of now is I want an Easter egg! I want an Easter egg, I want an Easter egg! An Easter egg! <laughs> <laughs> Completely different characters, but I still We had Kira
0: go up to my dad at Easter mm-hmm. saying that. Oh god. And he nearly lost uh, it. That's laughing, funny. Because that's one of his favorite cartoons. That's funny. Okay. Inside, <sighs> we open two thousand miles above the Earth, just slight just shy of geosynchronous orbit, with Quasar using a meteor for batting practice and I literally mean batting practice. Right,
1: he has a giant quantum uh, baseball bat, and it's more like one of those oversized Nerf bats, Yeah, you know, the red ones, Um, and it's obviously a little tongue-in-cheek making fun of typical superhero, you know, dealing with an asteroid, but, uh, you know, doing it in typical uh, quasar fashion. Right. And, of course, his dad is being a dick as usual. (laughs) I mean, no wonder this dude has got you know has got some real self-confidence issues. His dad is a total dick to him. All the time. It's ridiculous. And he's like, oh, couldn't you find a better way of doing it? A more sophisticated... Shut up.
0: (laughs) Now, our title reads, Have Brain, Will Travel, although John Daner will not be found in this comic. I don't get that. John Daner was the radio star of Have Gun, Will Travel. Oh, okay. Can you tell I am actually 70 years old mentally?
1: (laughs) That was above my pay grade.
0: Uh, I'm talking about all this stuff from the 40s. <laughs>
1: sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of it, too, but I don't I don't know anyone's names. Except for Dom Amici was the um, the male lead in the Bickersons. Yes. And I never made that connection until I actually was reading one of the books on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: so we turn the page and we find that, yes, Quasar has his father and Eon with him in a quantum bubble. Mm-hmm. So they recap the basic situation of the series mm-hmm. and then we have quasar with a "Woe is me my father doesn't relate to me moment
1: right and his father's a <laughs> douchebag but he's having a bromance with eon right and you know i mean good for him yeah. I, I just uh, you know be nice to your kid that's yeah. all now,
0: is it just me or in the two panels on page three does his father look like he aged about 10 years since the last time we saw him
1: uh he does, he does, but spoiler alert, you know, 26 years too late. Uh he the father has a stroke and dies in a couple of issues. Right. Right. So maybe maybe this is actually some forethought and they're making him look a little worse for wear, a little haggard. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Haggard the horrible.
0: <laughs> now, after an ad for Wheels and Wings, which I had as a kid.
1: Wheels and Wings.
0: And that's a that's a model set, right? No, it's it's um, a loose leaf fact sheet on all these different planes and cars and everything. Oh, that's kind of cool. I want one now. Yeah, I I don't think I still have it. If it if I do, it's buried somewhere in the basement. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I, that's one of the things my parents got me when I was a kid.
1: See, when I was reading it, and when I say reading it, I mean looking at the picture and moving on. Yeah. I thought it was for doing models. You would think that because there's so many other model
0: mm-hmm. ads in here. But no, it's that's actually it's like um it's like a who's who thing
1: for planes for, and cars and yeah. shit. Do kids do models anymore like is that a thing? Not so much. I mean, I did models when I was a little boy, but you know, I was special. <laughs> I
0: never had the manual dexterity to do it. My my I could never get that fine work.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I didn't say I wasn't good at yeah. it, I just did it. You my know? dad
0: built models. He, oh yeah, He he would build ship models, and he had to string all the, the rigging on it when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he still has some of the stuff he did.
1: He seems like the type that could have the patience and the uh, fine motor skills to actually get that done.
0: And it kept him out of his brother's hair. Because well, <laughs> remember, my dad was the little brother. <coughs> Fair <laughs> the enough. The annoying little brother. Fair enough. So, we go on to a the Caribbean island of Boca Caliente, which translated <laughs> means Hot Feminine Mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, insert joke here. <laughs> hot Feminine Mouth. Caliente is hot. Yeah, yeah.
0: Boca is the female form for mouth. <laughs> All right. Because it has an A on the end. Uh, I,
1: I, I'll take your word for it.
0: So, yeah, this this island is named... Hot Woman Mouth.
1: Do you think they knew that when they were writing this?
0: I don't think so. I think they knew hot, and they just said, oh, Boca Raton, we'll just name it for that.
1: <laughs>
0: Alright, so Hot Female Mouth, go yes. ahead. So knowing this translation, we're disappointed to see that it's an aim is holding their first International Weapons Exposition. Can that be the subtitle
1: to this exercise, <laughs> this, this, this episode? The Quantum Cast Hot Female Mouth? Two True Freaks presents Hot Female Mouth. I'm going to start a whole new podcast and just name it that. (laughs) Hashtag buttcruncher. There you go. Okay, go ahead. So
0: we have... Alessandro Branex, which is the weirdest name I've seen in a comic so far.
1: Think it's an anagram for something?
0: I don't know. I don't have
1: enough mental energy
0: to figure it out. (laughs) Go ahead. But he is AIM's chairman of the board. Uh Uh-huh. And he's explained to those in attendance that AIM has decided to quit the terrorism business and become suppliers of weapons and technology. Which makes a lot of sense because a bunch of science geeks being par- a paramilitary force doesn't work. Right,
1: and their beekeeper uniforms. Yes, I, I, I love this idea. from a, From a, as a business owner, as from a, an operation standpoint, you're not having a lot of success with one as aspect of what you do but you could specialize right and you can in your wheelhouse you're super scientist that's what you do you I mean you're just a whole bunch of doctor ventures mm-hmm. and you can create these great weapons and then sell them to the people that want to go out there and be baddies in this right. world. Right, and we have a lot of them actually
0: drawn in here. Yes. Like, uh, in we have a bunch that are monochrome towards the back, but mm-hmm. up front, we have crossbones, we have some hydra goons. Mm-hmm. I don't re- recognize the people in the red hoods. They got, like, a, a half-moon on the, the top of it. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know. I don't recognize that either. But in the background, I see the super-adaptoid. Uh, I see... See, I see the MODOK um, in a display case. I see a yeah. cosmic cube, but they make reference that, and later in the issue that they yeah. can't create a new cosmic cube, so no. that's probably a replica.
0: Yeah, this is just like their display floor. Sure,
1: but the, what a great business model. Okay, we can't take over the world, but you know what? We can help you take over the world, and we'll supply goods, uh, you know, goods and super science to anybody who wants it.
0: And apparently one of the people that wants to take over the world is in Starfleet
1: where's that that guy right there right yeah he's in Starfleet and on another page there's Madame Mask yeah. there's some Serpent Society guys um, I believe that person right there looks almost identical to Moltar from Space Ghost <laughs> and I think that is Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe it looks like him yeah so this is a great idea and I believe it's an an excellent business model and again very clever comic book wise yes um, and it's one of the hallmarks of Marvel as they come up with clever things. Um, you know what kind of reminds me of is the Secret War, not Secret Wars, but Secret War. And the basis for this is, you know, back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, right? Spider-Man or whomever would right. battle a bad guy, mm-hmm. and let's say it's the Beetle, right? We all remember the Beetle. The Beetle has a suit of armor. Like Iron Man's, but not quite as good.
0: Now, no, because he's not a genius and he cobbled it together himself. Well, yes.
1: Yeah, so he's smart, but he's not Tony Stark smart. Yeah. And his tech is good, but not Tony Stark good. However, to create a uh, a suit of armor like that, you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars, yes? Yes. Now, let's say, again, typical superhero, supervillain, fighty McFightenstein... Mm-hmm. Back in the, that era, they, that, that supervillain is going to go rob a bank. Mm. Now, he robs the bank. How much do you think he actually gets? I mean, that bank doesn't hold more than a couple hundred thousand dollars on site. Right. So maybe he walks away with two hundred and fifty grand.
0: Okay, so he spends millions of dollars making a suit to steal a quarter million dollars.
1: Exactly. So it's upside down. The business model's bad. Right. So, uh, Bendis back in the early 2000s, comes up with this concept, which just gives me chills when you think about it, is that maybe these supervillains are being funded in a very devious and sinister way to do this. Now, why would somebody fund them millions of dollars to go steal $200,000, $250,000, and frankly, they almost always get caught, so they never get to keep the money, like they have it in their hands in the big sack with a dollar sign on it for about an hour. Which has been
0: copyrighted, by the way. No, it hasn't. By Gene Simmons. Oh, God. He has copyrighted the sack with a dollar sign on the side of it.
1: That guy is a sack. (laughs) Anyways, so why would you do that? Well, you would have to have outsourced funding. Why would that outsourced what would create why would somebody do that funding and as they explain in secret war which gathers Luke Cage, Captain America, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Quake, who is the mm. female one of the female leads on the um, agents of shield, agents of SHIELD yeah. now so I'm glad to see that hitting at least the small screen um, is it was being funded by uh, Latveria mm. right now why would they do that well Think about every time there's a natural disaster or one of these horrible shootings or a terrorist attack, it sends the economy and the world just into a tizzy. So imagine living in the world with actual superheroes and supervillains, where every other week, the Beatle or whoever the bad guy du jour is, goes and literally not only robs the bank, but just blows it up he blows <laughs> up the bank and walks out carrying the safe yeah you're going to cause mass hysteria dogs and cats there living together. together mass, mass hysteria, hysteria. <laughs> same time <laughs> mass hysteria it's going to cause economic turmoil and so this is a covert terrorist mm. action done by uh, Latvia to keep the american economy Slower and so discord. Doctor Doom is a genius. Doctor Doom is always thinking. Yep. So it's got
0: Alan Middleton. Right.
1: (laughs) It's a it's a wonderful and elegant uh, reimagining of history or retconning history without really changing it. Just like, well, this is why this is happening. It's not just a illogical you know thing that we have to deal with. There was a real reason why this is happening. Well, that's
0: that's along the lines of. I believe it was John Byrne's run on the Fantastic Four, Uh where he said, not all the appearances of Doctor Doom were Doctor Doom. Some of them were Doom bots, which is why some of the actions of Doom didn't make sense, but he didn't
1: say which ones were which. Right. He left it to the reader's imagination. It's clever. Anyway, Secret War, highly recommend you go pick up the trade paperback. I've got my copy upstairs, and I will get that and give that to you to read, Gene, before yes. we head out tonight. Anyway,
0: should we get back to the comic? Yes, let's get back to the comics. Mm-hmm. So... Branex introduces Modam. We already said the stupid acronym. Oh god, who is very proud of her 10,000
1: megabyte computer. <laughs> 10,000 meg- and it's oh. all in caps and and bolded out computer as well as a 10 or 100 meter range synaptic disruptor and let me f- see if I can find it. Uh, uh, oh god, I look like a dummy now cuz I can't find it. Where is it? Which one? Uh, how many uh, megabytes of uh, RAM she has. Oh, it was right before that. Right. Yeah. right. contains a 10,000 yeah. megabyte computer. Now, how many gigs is 10,000? Uh, 0.01. <laughs> God. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> my, my, my Apple smartphone next to me has... Six hundred and forty times yeah. <laughs> the computing power as Modam does. Yeah,
0: it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it it's insane.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I, I love Crossbones' comment to you know if Humpty Dumpty is through playing show and tell, I got a question. <laughs> you got any more Cosmic Cubes here for
1: sale, or are we all wasting our time? Nothing like cutting to the chase. Right. right. The the cube was something of an irreproducible. ear ir, God, boy, I can't read today. I should get my cheaters out of an. Irre- Irreproducible. You were right. Irreproducible. That's, why does that word sound so weird to because me? Because he made it up. <laughs> Irreproducible item, Mr. Crossbones, but we are working on them. So, whoopee shit. So, we can't reproduce it, but we're gonna try. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, after that mess, uh, the aim hottie of the week leads most people away. Right. And Brannix is, uh, is approached by Dr. Minerva and Mr. Atlas. Pay attention to them, listeners. Who pay $100 million per for that. Who offer to pay $100 million per bracelet for working replicas of the quantum bands. Wow. Now, well, that's a lot of money. If you remember, all the way back in Quasar issue number one, AIM tried to steal the quantum bands once already. Correct. And correct. that's what got Wendell to put them on. Mm-hmm. Now the AIM board, who is watching via closed circuit TV, mm-hmm. determines that these two are extraterrestrials. No! Gasp! But decide to uh, try and obtain the original quantum bands and sell them to these extraterrestrials rather than try and recreate them. It's clever.
1: It's clever. It's what I would do. Yeah.
0: I mean, why not? Right. It it can't be that hard to get a superhero to part with his uh, weapons, <laughs> just right? Just ask him
1: nicely. <laughs> I tell you, though, you know, you give him half, right? Mm-hmm. If you just walked up to Wendell and you say, yeah. hey, listen, here's $100 million. Give me the bracelets. He might be hard-pressed to not take it. I mean, if yeah. somebody gave him... Yeah. <laughs> sure, here you go. Of course, they don't know he can't take them off Right. <laughs> Right. Ooh! Gigantic Boston Convention, March 3rd and 4th of 1990. Oh. I missed it.
0: wonder if Hermel Hero went to that. <laughs> I love that He's guy. He's from Boston. <laughs> I love that guy. He makes me laugh. So, they, you know, have their uh, board meeting going on, and we switch to Wendell Vaughn. Finally! Yeah. Getting his first... Security contracts! Uh-huh. Thumbs up, walking out the door. Now, I'm, I am I work for an HVAC and plumbing contractor, right? One of the things that we do is service and maintenance work. Nah. So, part of our business model is to go into some place and tell them, well, we can do these upgrades for you. Mm-hmm. You will save X per year mm-hmm. on your maintenance mm-hmm. because it's new, new equipment and we and your energy bills will be lower, mm-hmm. and therefore it'll pay you back in so many years. Sure. So that, that's what we do to try and you know get a new sale, etc. And it's working very well, I sure. must say. Wendell here says that the upgrade of their security system mm-hmm. will pay itself back by saving on maintenance in about a year. I'm not an electronics guy. I'm not a security guy. Mm-hmm. How ragged was their security system before? <laughs> if the maintenance cost is going to pay it back in a year,
1: <coughs> yikes! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or am I going too far into this? No, I think I, I think I think either they had the worst falling apart, dilapidated security system ever, or. Wendell is lying.
0: <laughs> uh, well, they they can't have a great security system now because they waited, what, nine months to get this guy to come in and give him a presentation?
1: <laughs> yeah, at least nine issues, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess eight. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Uh-oh. So he heads back to Four Freedoms Plaza with the, uh, and this is something the Fantasticast loves to point out, and that's Talking Buildings.
1: Oh, yeah, right, right. Where the building yells, Kayla, Kayla, Kayla. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> so he uh, lets Kayla know, and Kayla is dressed in her naughty teacher outfit. Ooh. That they yeah, got she is. <laughs> that and the
1: fishnet <laughs> stockings. We know who loves fishnets. Yes. <laughs>
0: Hello, Ryan. <laughs> so uh she jumps into his arms hearing the news, and then they both are red faced, and I mean that because they the colorists put a mess of red on their faces.
1: Yeah, but he's doing his best, Rodney Dangerfield lo- and <laughs> right, stretching his tie out,
0: right? So she's embarrassed and Thinks that, oh, well, he's such a timid soul, he's not going to ever talk to me again, and then he asks her out to dinner. Oh, but he's going to bring his buddy along with them. <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: we wonder why he has no social life. I don't know, maybe he's going for the devil's rotisserie. Was that too far? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Was that too far?
0: Okay, then. So that evening. We have Modam launching from an AIM ship near Liberty Island, which caused an alert on the Quantum Bands, because he gets this huge energy surge, which could just be uh, Reed Richards tuning something up for all we know. Right, because
1: he's in for Freedom Plaza.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he runs out, and because Wendell can never change into his uniform the same way twice. He does his best Superman? Well, he does. yeah, he does the standard... Rip off the glasses, rip open the shirt, go into the stairwell,
1: and then he comes out and he looks like the Human Torch. (laughs) Which I think is actually kind of clever. Sure. Not only is it a clever way to distract, but it also is a little bit of a little fuck you to Johnny because of their little uh, fighty McFightenstein earlier. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make people
0: think that you're willing to fly out of the lobby in full flames right above people's heads.
1: Right, right. Now, as he's flying out, he passes something that's clearly written on the back of a guy's jacket called Egbert messenger service now i have not been able to find egbert in the marvel wiki no i i've not seen
0: it connected with marvel in anything i've looked up Mm -hmm. the only like you saw the only thing i found was the book bush eh, bookworm the the bookworm from the foghorn latent cartoons right boy i say boy get your (laughs) face out of that book right i'm talking to you
1: right so if anyone can find it i bet you Quote, that guy, end quote, can figure that out and send us an email.
0: So, Quasar flies off to Liberty Island, and being the well-trained Avenger, he sees what he thinks is a bomb, so he immediately goes to try and grab it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is not a bomb, this is a trap, and he ends up getting his quantum bands stuck to this thing. And as he tries to rotate his frequency mm-hmm. it shocks the living hell
1: out of him okay yeah so to read this my quantum bands are stuck to this thing like it's a magnet so obviously it's not a magnet because he'd be able to control the electromagnetic spectrum right but it's also not gooey i don't want anyone to think that he's got his hand stuck in play-doh over here <laughs> it's just somehow it's it, it, his hands quantum bands are yeah they attached to they it they now. apparently
0: know enough about the quantum bands that they're able to Trap them mm-hmm. like this. So AIM has some <clears throat> working knowledge because they they've analyzed them before. That's well, yeah, why and they re- tried
1: to steal right. It. And you remember there was a a, a spy in Project pa- Cadmus working for AIM. Project Pegasus. I said Cadmus. Yes, that's a completely different universe. Yes. Okay, my bad. Project Pegasus. That was a spy and communicating with AIM and right. sending all the information. So they on have.
0: Research on the quantum bands already.
1: Technically, they should have everything that Project Pegasus had on it. Right. All of it would have been sent back via that, that spy in issue one. Yes. Okay. So, it's this
0: point that Modem comes up mm-hmm. and starts to bombard Quasar with, uh, I, I hesitate to call them laser beams, or they're kind of like... Laser. You know energy blasts but she also hits him it's not magma is it no no that that was last issue magma (laughs) but she also hits him with uh her neural disruptor for lack of a better term
1: right well that's what that's exactly what it is because he'll have uh difficulty thinking he'll feel woozy almost like he's drunk he's he he thinks at one point in the thought bubbles uh he gets
0: to the point where he is about to black out
1: right i can't concentrate body on fire gonna black out
0: okay So while this is going on, Modam uses her spectral analysis, which gives us a nice 8-bit image.
1: Right. Is she burning him just to see what color he burns? Is that what's happening? (laughs) Uh,
0: But the flood of data defies the unit's computational power. So the 10,000 megabytes actually didn't do enough, did it? (laughs)
1: 10,000 megabytes. (laughs) I shit 10,000
0: megabytes. (laughs) So... Going for the direct approach. Yeah, uh, she tr- blasts away his green javelins.
1: Yeah, so he shoots out a bunch of javelins in all directions because yeah. he can't think. He's about to pass out. It's the last thing he can do because uh, he doesn't want her to quote make a drunken monkey out of him. End quote. I was drunk once or twice. Possible to con, impossible to concentrate blah, 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 <laughs> aim javelins in every which direction, bound to hit something.
0: Right. But she turns them away and then reaches in with her extendo arms.
1: <clears throat> but before she does yes. that, she fires, and if you notice, she blows the top off of the Statue of Liberty.
0: Yes, yeah, there's at least they... two points of the crown that got blown away. Correct. And this is only a few years after they redid the damn thing.
1: <laughs> I know, because they made very special attention said that wrong. They paid very special attention to that in issue three. Yes. Right. So Quasar apparently is feeling better because he just
0: cuts her damn arms off.
1: Right. Right. Well she was you know in his defense she was grappling with him at the time. So she was a closer target, and he says that the physical pain is helping him to focus his thoughts. Well, what she didn't remember was that by going in like that,
0: she provoked an attack of opportunity.
1: (laughs) Oh! You're saying she didn't take a five-foot step. Exactly. That's right. Goddamn Nero never remembers to take the five-foot step. (laughs) I mean, seriously, when you're an archer and that's all you do, take the five-foot step out of combat. Is it too... I don't want to say it's rule one... Let's say it's rule two. Right. All right. Uh, so, after he cuts
0: her arms off, that releases the trap. hmm Because Cause, reasons. Cause, because why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and he is able to fly out of the statue, and because we can't let a good metaphor go unused
1: again, mm-hmm. he bats her away. <laughs> right. Well, before that, he creates a mirror to yeah. redirect her thought- Bullet. Bats her away. This is a whole nother ball game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then he bubbles her up and takes her into the upper atmosphere because, you know, he's trying to make sure she doesn't mental blast him again. Right.
1: Zappy zap zap.
0: And that seems to work and then takes her to the vault. Mm -hmm. Or at least he says that's where he's heading. I don't know if he actually made it because we switch back to AIM's board of directors. Mm -hmm. And they're not very pleased.
1: Right. This is not good. Our first contract under this administration, unable to be completed.
0: So they're wondering, okay, do we have any
1: alternatives, or do we have to return the money? It's a really honest business practice for an evil scientist corporation. Yeah. That you don't deliver, you return the money. Well, I mean, consider who their clientele are. Will you think we'll ever see him again? Uh, maybe? Maybe. Next issue? All <laughs> nah. <be> right, yeah. <laughs> so...
0: They vow, whether or not they return the money, the Quantum Bands will be theirs! (laughs) Because, yeah, they're business people, but they're also comic book villains. Right, right. And then we go to, you know, past Stan's Soapbox, back to Pedro's, which is not south of the border, but is actually in Manhattan. Uh Uh-huh. Midtown Manhattan, to be precise, which means... They just blew their entire contract amount
1: on this dinner. Because I've eaten in Midtown Manhattan. It ain't cheap. (laughs) You know where's a good place to go is Ninja. Ninja? Yeah, Ninja's so good. Like, especially on a date night. So, it's billed as a ninja dungeon. I don't know why those two words go together. But, like, there's a... It's an unassuming building. You Uh go in, and then you have to go through this labyrinth to even get to where the tables are. (laughs) And then all of your... Uh, servers Mm -hmm. are in ninja outfits and they'll pop out of secret entrances and secret little hidey holes. Oh, cool. And they'll do like little martial arts skits. (laughs) And it was good. It's a sushi restaurant, but also a steakhouse. Mm -hmm. It was a good place to go. It was several years ago that I went there, but totally worth it. I'll
0: have to, next time in Manhattan, which will not be anytime soon, if I can manage it, (laughs) I'll have to look it up. There you go. Uh, But, at Pedro's, we have Wendell, Kayla, and Ken, and they're celebrating when Ken nonchalantly asks for and is granted a job.
1: Right. So, okay. Wendell has not made a dime in nine issues. Right. Except for what he gets from the Avengers, because well, the Avengers have a stipend. Vaughn Security Systems has not made a dime. Right. Is losing money. They have
0: rent in one of the most prestigious pieces of real estate in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. He has a woman who has not walked out on him so she's obviously being paid right
1: and he's now hiring somebody else he's hot hi- yeah right because all the work they've got he's overwhelmed he's yes. got the one new client and i don't know if nepotism is the right word but ken gets him in the door at the old employer right helps him get the contract and then leaves, leaves the to- old co- employer to work for him uh, yeah, that's uh, it's a little fishy. Sounds a little like collusion to me. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Seriously. But that's where we wrap up. Next issue, Cree for all, which is a bad pun, but a good issue. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. So this was a, you know, okay, this was a, I don't want to call it a one-off because it kind of sets up the next issue. Yeah, but... there,
0: there's there's some setup in here, and it's, we're going to see repercussions from this down the line a little bit.
1: hmm I'm not going to say this is one of my favorite issues, but it doesn't suck.
0: No. And it feels like a Quasar issue. Like, last issue felt like something that was given, you know, an a inventory story that was then tailored to Quasar. Yes. This seems like it was a Quasar story from the beginning.
1: Right. We're starting to see the beginning of arcing storylines, which this book is known for not having a whole lot of one-offs you're starting to see two, three, six-issue story arcs. Right. Right. Which not a lot of books in this time period had.
0: Yeah, this... I mean, you had the beginnings of something like this, not to this extent...
1: Oh, actually, yeah, it had
0: started by then. Uh, over in the Superman titles at this time, they were doing what was called the Never-Ending Battle stories, where the there were four Superman titles. I think there were four by this time. There there may have just been the three. But each title, the cover, had the uh, triangle on it with the year and a number. Okay. And that told you, read them in this order. Hmm. So, like, let's say The Adventures of Superman was number one, then Superman was number two, and Action Comics was number three. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy Olsen would break his arm in number one, have a cast on in number two, and be complaining about itching in number three. <laughs> So you were able to follow the story through, through that. But that was, that and this were still rarities. You still was more one or two issue stories at most. Mm-hmm. But now we're starting to see in, it's one of the, the good things about the nineties, mm-hmm. where you got these continuing stories where, yeah, they still had the setup like the, what Dr. Vaughn does in this. Here's the premise for the title. Right. In case this is your first issue. Mm-hmm. They still were doing that, but it was more of, oh, now I want to pick up the next issue to see what happens. Mm, sure. There was a little bit of that before, mm-hmm. but not to this extent.
1: I'm with you, brother. Well, that was good. What else do we need to talk about?
0: Oh, uh, we don't need to talk about anything else. <laughs> but the question is, what do we want to talk about? Now, obviously... Uh, if people want to hear The Bad Advice Show, they yeah. will go over to neozaz.com. Correct. Or they can just search for it on iTunes.
1: Yeah, search The Bad Advice Show. And there's other shows of similar ilks. They're fun, but I think mine is a little bit more fun. Yes. funner. Um, and if you have a problem and no one else can help, and if you can find us maybe you can send <laughs> maybe you, could, you can send an email too you know, maybe you can send an email to the bad advice show at yahoo.com uh, or go to our facebook page
0: yes you know always uh, post you know your questions for life love money anything you want at the bad advice show on facebook mm-hmm. and if you have any Questions or comments about Quasar, you can go to the Quantum Cast Facebook page as well.
1: Right. And you can send us emails there as well.
0: Yes. Uh, so I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, we will try and get back together sooner next time. <laughs> right. Because the problem is, both of us in our secret identities <laughs> are actually really busy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of tough. I know more or less. Weeknights for me for the next month and a half are shot. Sure. Just because my daughter's in softball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it's not next week, it's the week after. She's got four games.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: And they're all weeknights.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I think the schedule we would like to move forward with is once a month for the Quantum Cast. Right. And then we're, we're taking a step back from Comic Book Fight Club because it's just a tough show.
0: It's It's hard to put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... It's a little easier on the bad advice side, because you get people together, you can just spring something on them, and you get their instant reactions. With Fight Club, everyone has to at least do a little bit of research.
1: Right, yeah. The only show prep for the bad advice show is, out of the 50 or so Hmm. questions that I can generate in an hour of searching, I have to decide which ones I want to actually do. Right. And then I spring them on the guys, and we, we talk. And it's, it's 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 fun, you know, they come over to the house, we have a couple of drinks, and we just chitty-chit-chit-chat for about an hour, and then I edit it down to about 45 minutes and we go.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't listened to it yet, do yourself a favor, listen. <laughs> it is hilarious.
1: It's a lot of fun. So you will be on, I think I've got episode 5 ready to drop next week. Right. Our time. I don't know when this is going to go out. And then by the second week of May, the one that you record with us Mm -hmm. next week will be live. Yes. So, that's cool. All right, Gene, well, I think this was a good episode, and I can't wait to do the next one with you.
0: Yeah, and thank you again for joining me, Adam. I appreciate it. All right, very good. (laughs) See you all next time, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Quantum Cast, your source for all things quasar.
1: You can find us on the
0: web at quantumbands.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Google Plus under Quantum
1: Bands. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, please email us at quantum.bands at yahoo.com.
0: Part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network.